Welcome back, everyone, to the Not A Film Major podcast. I'm your host, Noah Futch, and today we're going to be talking about my top 10 most anticipated movies of this year, 2023, and reviewing episodes one and two of The Last of Us, which premiered on HBO Max. By the time this episode comes out, episode three will have dropped, so I'm looking forward to catching up on that and getting the review out by next week. But let's jump into it. To start this past week, I recently caught up on Miami Vice been catching up on some of Michael Mann's filmography. Obviously, the 2006 adaptation of the hit 80s show that Mann was also a producer on. Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx starring in this. Uh, the If you think of a theatrical experience of a Mann movie, this is what you want. I didn't know what to expect going into it. I had heard a lot of mixed reviews across the board. Um, but in my opinion, this is Colin Farrell's best performance uh, to date as well as just one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen put on screen. Um, Definitely check out the theatrical cut on HBO Max. Um, Yeah, it's a little bit what I've been catching up on. Also recently watched the HBO Max series, um, The Last Movie Stars, which is Ethan Hawke's production of the story behind Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, their life together on their respective careers and relationship fantastic fantastic I have not seen a lot of Newman's films after seeing that for some reason I don't know why I had seen Cool Hand Luke and The Color of Money but other than that that just doubled my watch list by I can't tell you how many it's a fantastic series if you want to learn a little bit of who they were as people you know Paul Newman kept a record of however many interviews over the years in his words and in other people's words describing them as you know their actors as their as people as a couple as parents beautiful series kind of diving into the human aspect of what we look at these superstars as so definitely check out Miami Vice on HBO Max last movie stars on HBO Max and that is all I will say for what I've been catching up on now we're going to get into the last of us episodes one and two Spoiler alert um, ahead. Definitely check out the shows before you listen to this. I will say I had never played the game. I am not one of these people that knows the story going into this. I was never a big video game player as a kid. I don't know why. Um, I played the Marvel series, you know, Spider-Man, PS4, that kind of thing. Never got into The Last of Us or any of these adventure type video games like Uncharted, that sort of thing. But I was really excited when I saw the cast lineup for this with Pedro Pascal, obviously Bella Ramsey, who's been fantastic in this so far. Both of them, their chemistry is off the charts. And yeah, I had no emotional attachment to the casting of it, but I think they're fantastic in the role, kind of going back and looking at some clips from gameplay and stuff. You know, the episode one, they only had a few scenes towards the end of the episode together. And then episode two really dives into the backstory of it and the world building outside of the quarantine zone, the practical effects, I got to say, I I wish I knew the name of the team behind these practical effects, but they are out of this world. The way they tied in this like zombie fungi, the cordyceps to be grounded in science and realism, it really is super scary, haunting everything. We obviously just went through the last few years. It's pretty, uh, pretty eerie when you look back at, what we've actually lived through and what this story kind of the timeline it follows 
The world building, like I said, top notch. Without knowing the story, that first episode, getting to spend that first kind of 30 minutes with Sarah and me not knowing her fate, that made it even more heart-wrenching for sure. The tension and the suspense. The first episode, not as much action as the second, obviously, getting to introduce the sort of the the characters that we're going to be running into, the clickers, the um, different stages of the infection, per se. Yeah, that was really, the the tension you could cut it with a knife. And I really enjoyed getting to understand it before the storyline kind of kicks off, as well as kind of bouncing back and forth between timelines, you know. We're getting the present day, as well as learning about the universe as we go through, and I'm sure that'll happen more and more through that episode. Building the gap, building the bridge, um, kind of between 2003, 2023, what happened then? So I think I'm excited for that. Um, I'm really excited for next week's episode. I have, I have heard from reputable sources online. Uh, episode three is by far the best script they've read, the by far the best episode of the series so far. Obviously subjective. Some people with a little more knowledge behind the story of it. I'm really excited to see where they go. I've, I've seen some screenshots of Nick Offerman, obviously, coming in, and uh, Bartlett Murray, who is just an HBO Max superstar with White Lotus, Coming off that season one of White Lotus as the hotel manager, he's fantastic. I, I want to check out more stuff with him in it. But, you know, HBO just doesn't miss. This year is going to be a slate full of one after another. Just hits. You got Succession, season four, Barry, Righteous Gemstones, Hacks. Uh, that's just to name a few. I, I'm sure there's more off the top of my head that I'm missing, but they have to be the best streaming platform right now with maybe Apple TV coming up a close second with their production quality and value. I'm I'm excited. I don't I'm not sure what else to expect from this series and I'm just kind of going in blind, letting it surprise me week by week. That's my review of The Last of Us episodes 1 and 2. Um check back next week for episode 3. Now we are going to get into my top 10 ranking of my most anticipated movies of this year. I'm going to start out with a couple honorable mentions that just didn't crack the top 10, but it, it came very close. Um, one of my honorable mentions is Maestro, the film about the conductor with uh, Bradley Cooper coming out this year. I got John Wick 4 right outside my top 10, obviously the fourth installment and probably one of the most underrated action franchises in the past decade or so. Asteroid City with Wes Anderson, Anderson Never Misses self-explanatory why it's in my honorable mentions um those are some quick ones that just didn't crack my top 10 and now we're gonna start with my number 10 with my number 10 killers of the flower moon uh coming out later this year i think may in apple tv plus obviously directed by martin scorsese starring leonardo dicaprio brandon frazier robert de niro jesse plemons just a stacked lineup based on a true novel or true story and a novel excuse me this story just sounds so enthralling the fbi getting involved in a mystery surrounding the oil wealthy osage nation in the 1920s um you know put scorsese behind the camera with a 200 million dollar budget i think you can't miss and i'm excited to see where it goes i'm not sure if this will be a streaming only release i'm Interested to see if they kind of do what Netflix did with Glass Onion and make it maybe a week or two in theater only and then go to streaming, but I'm excited for that. 
um, Pillars of the Flower Moon. Number nine, you know, I spoke earlier about Miami Vice and Michael Mann. We have yet to receive any release date of this newest project by Mann, his latest return since Black Hat. But Ferrari, starting Adam Driver, is a biopic on the Italian car maker Enzo Ferrari and has a lineup consisting of, you know, obviously Driver, Penelope Cruz, Shane Lee Woodley, and Patrick Dempsey. This is going to be shot in it, or it has been shot in Italy, sorry. And, you know, it's Michael Mann. It's one of my favorite directors of all time. He's responsible for crime thrillers, just masterpieces like Heat, Thief, Miami Vice, Collateral, and, and then non-crime thrillers, which makes me excited for the world building of this and how far he can take the story with, you know, Last of the Mohicans. This might not be a crime thriller. It's going to have man's touch behind the camera, and with that alone, I'm stoked for it. So excited for Ferrari, which... Hopefully we get a um, closer look at to when it's going to be released sooner. Number eight, Wonka, starring Timothy Chalamet. You know, Chalamet's an actor that if a movie comes out with him in it, I'm seeing it no matter what. He's already a star. Stop calling him an up and a rising star. He is a superstar right now. I think this comes out sometime around Christmas time this year. I believe December 15th, somewhere around that realm. Perfect tone setter for the holiday season. Got a musical origin story of Willy Wonka. Self-explanatory. <laughs> Number seven, uh, Creed Three. I would definitely put the first Creed in the conversation for best legacy sequels, soft reboot, etc., whatever you want to call it. One of the greatest sports movies of all time. The second was a tad bit of lower quality. Still a great movie overall. And this third installment is the one I'm really excited for, mostly because of Jonathan Majors, but also Michael B. Jordan is making his directorial debut with this. Majors is killing it right now. This year is going to be his breakout year. He's been killing it since 2020 with you know Lovecraft Country and um, Last Black Man in San Francisco. But with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania coming out, uh, Devotion last year, we have magazine dreams which i actually got a chance to screen at the sundance online virtual screening the movie itself magazine dreams a little sidebar here with magazine dreams it is it's going to be controversial to say the least it is very divisive it is very intense it is very much in the likeness of a whiplash or a raging bull or a black swan it's very much about self abuse and obsessiveness, and loneliness, um, and rage, and containing that rage. The one constant I've seen from Magazine Dreams coming out of Sundance this year, regardless of the story or the plot, Majors is just out of this world. He's unbelievable in it. He He's the most gripping actor to date. He's probably the best actor on the planet right now, in my opinion. I'm excited for it. He's just bursting on the public scene with this and i'm excited to see what he brings as a villain like i said earlier michael b jordan's at the helm of the director as director with uh with this notably the absence of sylvester stallone for some controversial reasons with the rights to the franchise but it'll be interesting and i'm excited to see what they come up with with this number six guardians of the galaxy volume three this is the last film with the group of Ga this group of guardians and it's definitely going to be one of the most heart-wrenching MCU installments to date. I know what James Gunn is capable of, and I'm both excited and terrified of what Volume 3 is going to bring. 
uh, in terms of the characters, fates, the futures, how this will tie into phase five of the MCU. The trailers have been so emotional. So let's just hope Gunn has been saving his best for last before he fully jumps ship over to Helm DC. Number five, blockbuster weekend this summer. Barbie, part one of that blockbuster weekend. <laughs> Barbie, need I say less? Margot Robbie is at the absolute top of her game right now. Her performance in Babylon was so overlooked. Uh, and I'll watch anything that she or Ryan Gosling is in. That duo is going to be hilarious together. I think Greta Gerwig has yet to prove us wrong. Obviously, with Little Women, I think her performance in Frances Ha by um, Noah Baumbach is criminally underrated. So it's going to be really exciting to see her touch on this iconic character and kind of her breaking more into her directorial shell. Number four, this is what we were supposed to get two, three years ago. We're getting it all built up to this year. Finally, these releases are catching up to us from COVID. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Tom Cruise, absolute madman. That's 90% of the reason any Mission Impossible movie will always be at the top of my most anticipated list. But we're coming up to the end of this saga, so <coughs> I'm excited to see where the storyline goes. You know, wrapping up Ethan Hunt's journey, seeing the behind the scenes in IMAX of the stunts jumping off the mountainside on motorcycle and then parachuting down, hanging onto the side of a biplane while shooting a promo. It's going to be a thrill ride, uh, and I have all the trust in crews. Uh, I'm excited to see how they kind of wrap this franchise up in the next couple years. Number three, speaking of a franchise wrapping up, this is a franchise blooming. Dune Part 2, you know, with the return of Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, the arrival of Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, Christopher Walken. I'm excited about this movie. Denis Villeneuve can do no wrong, so I have extremely high hopes for where this franchise is headed with this film, the third, some spinoff series I know are in the talks at HBO Max. What I think the first one did is at such an unbelievable job at adapting the book, but I think part two will be even better and perform even better at the box office because, first of all, they have this stacked cast. They have the reputation from the first now. You know, the first was an unknown adaptation. Not many people knew if it was going to translate well to the big screen. We now know that to be true, false. Um, I think this one's going to be a lot more action-packed. They're going to pick up the pace a little bit, and they're going to really rely on that mainstream audience to be really the, the force that pushes this franchise forward, not just the loyalists that love the book. Number two. One and two really can be interchangeable in my opinion, but at number two, I'm going to put Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Shameik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Jake Johnson all returning, reprising their roles. We have new arrivals of Oscar Isaac as Spider-Man 2099. There's plenty of other spider cameos to look out for, like, you know, just one example, Spider-Woman played by Issa Rae, Daniel Kaluuya playing Spider-Punk. That arrives June 2nd, following the highly acclaimed first one, which in many opinion, my opinion, is one of the best animated movies and probably top three best superhero movies of all time. They're going to have a hard time following it up, but I have full trust in them to break this across the two parts and really carry that story on well across the multiverse. It's going to be an event. That's it's. This is what Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness wished it was last year. This is going to be uh, almost four and a half years of waiting since the first. My most anticipated movie of this year is Oppenheimer. 
Christopher Nolan. Um, you know, I grew up with him. I, I he's he. I'm always gonna see anything he puts out. Tenet was a little shaky for me in recent years, but I have full trust he's gonna get back to the original quality that we're that we know of him. I saw this IMAX trailer in theaters for the first time a couple weeks ago, and it is beautiful. I'm not sure. I'm I'm still not quite sure the tone they're going for in this film. I'm not sure if it's more of a darker drama or more of a kind of upbeat action uh not action but more of i wonder if they're gonna take a more cerebral approach to the trauma behind building this deadly weapon um and kind of the psyche behind that that'll go in with oppenheimer it'll be interesting and i have full faith in the stacked cast of it obviously top two most talented lineups this year with uh killian murphy robert downey jr josh peck's in it uh matt damon this arrives on July 21st, and this is going to kind of cement this and Barbie cement the summer, uh, the summer box office for us. And I think it's going to be a great one two punch to get the summer in full swing with Spider Man Across the Spider Verse coming in about a month earlier. It's going to be a great year for movies. I'm, I'm super excited for what 2023 is going to bring. I know right now in January, we're in kind of a dry spell with some <laughs> cheesier releases coming out, to say the least. I did see Plane in theater, and I'll have a review coming out about that. I might have a review coming about that, but I loved it. I think Gerard Butler is so underrated as just our dad action star, you know? In 20 years, I'm going to be a dad, and I'm going to put this on and be like, yeah, yeah, that that, that works for me. That's, that's what I want to watch after coming home from work and just sitting down. I get why dads love Gerard Butler and Olympus Has Fallen. That's all I'll say. Not the greatest quality movie, but very enjoyable. If you just want to turn your brain off, turn your critic brain off and just go and enjoy a, a action filled movie. That's my top 10 most anticipated of 2023. I don't have anything else on the books for today, but make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at not a film major, or you can go follow my letterboxd at Noah Futch, just my name. But thank you guys for listening and I'll see you all next week.